Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And, of course, they have Junior Bergen T-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Gus, the first meal I had outside my own home following the quarantine was at your house. Brought over a bunch of meat. I brought over my Alpine Touch, but I didn't bring it home. I forgot it at your place. Our first meal was made better, as every meal is made better by Alpine Touch on basically everything. I put Alpine Touch hickory smoke on my cereal in the morning. <laughs> It's, it's reached that level of usage. And the fact that you left it, I knew that you left it at my house. You brought it over, left it at my house. And like a real jerk, I said nothing to you because I was like, well, that's mine, dude. That's it. You came to my house. You left it in my house. And I'm eating all of it. We've gotten so far into this Alpine Touch obsession, I think, that I just think we might be able to host a podcast about all the things that you can make with Alpine Touch. It would be short. Everything. (laughs) They have a bunch of different varieties of spices, as we know. Uh, They are local from the state of Montana. Shoto, shout out, original Alpine Touch. And it's great when it's not just local, when it's not just supporting the state of Montana, but when it's also actually the best thing that you can get. I mean, when it comes to spices, uh, it's second to none. So, boys and girls, use your Alpine Touch. Colter, tell them where they can get it. AlpineTouch.com, no matter where you're at in the entire world listening to this, if you are in the United States of America and you make an order of over $50, which, you know, if you get yourself the Grand Slam and maybe some barbecue sauce, some sunflower seeds, you're there. Free shipping anywhere in the United States of America right now. Uh, so go to AlpineTouch.com. They're rolling out all their summer Big Mountain flavor packages. The sunflower shoots are really, really good as well. Alpine Touch has got you covered. Alpine Touch, Montana's special spice. It's 4 o'clock. Welcome to Tutel and Nuanes, Montana's only statewide sports talk show. Broadcast on 102.9 ESPN Radio for Western Montana and across the state on SWX Television. I like football! Now, sports talk from Montana for Montana. Live from the Kurtz Polaris studio, here is Ryan Tutel and Coulter Nuanez. Well, hello, boys and girls. Nice to see you. Tutel Nuanez, 102.9 ESPN Radio. Outstanding to be with all of you on this very fine, what are we at here, Tuesday afternoon, Coulter? Love it that it's nice and hot and warm. It is 
It is blazing saddles out there on a Tuesday afternoon. Hope you are well and uh, hope that, you know, you. I know you aren't well. When I say you, I'm speaking to the fans, you know, all the mighty listeners, because they're the only ones that can be well. You are a pile of wet water. <laughs> it's like when your daughter, when you did Whole30 and she thought you had this life-ending affliction or life-threatening affliction at yeah, the very yeah. least. That's me when it becomes 90 degrees. My dad's got a sickness that's called Whole30. Coulter's got a sickness that's called anything north of about 78. I... I it's actually like an issue, though, man, because we go out. Of course, and, it's I mean, an issue. We're kind of out in the public pretty much daily, you know, either promoting the show or talking to clients or a combination of both, catching up, doing journalism, doing interviews, whatever. Man, when I, I mean, I went outside for about 45 minutes today on a hike on my lunch break and uh, just melted since then. Yeah, well, you look I mean, right. I, have to, I have to carry like a towel in my car. I don't know what to do. I, I need I need help. I need someone to tell me what you do because I can't be the only person with this affliction. No, you're not. I also am. I just don't have quite the the liquid reaction to it. Well, you? Yeah, yeah, right. I, I also uh, was. You have the, I was also very spoiled. Uh, well, I don't think you'd actually say this is me being spoiled, but I became accustomed to a completely different fashion of working uh, all the way until I became a I guess quote unquote professional full time journalist because I always did manual labor and I, I was either fighting fires or. You know, working in the shop yard or whatever, the most I ever had to wear was like a, a tank top. I'll Mostly give you no guys shirt. An out today, <laughs> can you hear me in there? Yeah, we got you. What's the out? What's you the used out? to always gripe that the old studio was hot. It is so hot. I'm here to tell you, I thought you were just yanking the chain, trying to while you know rile me up all this time, and I'm here to tell you, we have been running drywall, paint. Carpet ripping wiring out, redoing electrical all day in that room. In the uh, back of the old studio. And that is, yes, and that is the hottest room. <laughs> Thank you. In the country. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've easily lost seventeen pounds. Well, that's good. Sweating. Reese said, "Dude, do you need to go to the ER? You look insane." <laughs> Well, I think you look great, Tommy. I, know I think I you look, look great. great, and I think, you know, the sheen adds to the glow. Uh, if you want to call 361 3688, is the phone number. All guests join us via the Ragged Brothers RV phone line. If you would like to uh, go ahead and listen live, you can do that as well at our website, 1029ESPN.com. The stream is available all the time, and it is there thanks to our friends at Opportunity Bank. Opportunity Bank, your local bank. Your opportunity. Let's take a look at what we have in the show today. Uh, it's day two that we lead with the Mavs being shut down uh, by the health department, and and the health department had their opportunity. Frank Gogol of the Missoulian uh, calling up the health department, asking you know kind of what's going on. I thought the explanation they gave uh, at least gives the the, uh, the the outline and the context for why the decision was made and how. Whether you agree or disagree with it, it makes sense in terms of what the, you know the, through the lens of the health department. So we'll get into that a little bit we will get in to some baseball stuff baseball is officially back uh the only way it doesn't happen now uh and after yesterday and broke during our show uh that the players had rejected the 60 game season offer by the owners that also included the waiver of their right to grieve right to a grievance uh, uh at some point in the future uh they rejected that and so it put it in the hands of 
the commissioner, i.e. the owners, but really the commissioner to unilaterally make the decision, and he has, and we're going to have a 60-game season beginning on or around July 24th, a two-week spring training, summer training now, uh, leading up to it. And and uh, and we'll get into that. So anyway, uh, by the way, and so that's officially happening, uh, at least in terms of the bylaws and all that. And it, uh, you know, the players, they're they're not going to strike. I mean, they're all the tweets about when and where. Just tell us what it's going to be. You know, so they they held firm in terms of their position. Now they're going to go play. They're going to play at their full prorated salaries uh, for sixty games and an expanded ten team playoff. So we'll get into that and some things to look for in this season. We also. The NHL is getting closer to getting ready to go. They have narrowed it down to six sites, uh, or six cities, I guess, rather, for what is going to be their two hub cities, which will host the Eastern and Western playoffs, respectively, heading towards the Stanley Cup final. So we'll maybe briefly touch on that. Also, 10 things. Colter, what is this? Is a Sports Illustrated yep, article time, yep. talking about the loss, the loss of revenue due to COVID in college and professional sports and what the expectations are going to be on changes that you're going to see, not like about fans in the stadiums, but just in general, some of the longer terms of uh, term effects of this, right? Right. And, and it's, yeah, it's, it's just 10 things that maybe you have considered, maybe you haven't considered, or maybe you haven't considered on a, a deep enough level in terms of the things that are going to change about sports. We know all the debates over, are we going to have college football? Is there going to be people in the stands? We know all that stuff. That's what we've been talking about. But I thought this was an introspective article about some of the other things that maybe you haven't considered. I thought it was interesting. So we'll go through each of them, and you can tell me which ones you think are most impactful. Yeah, I, I like this because I think that there's a handful of these that are that are really valid and and whether they're good or bad, they're probably accurate. And then some of these I'm not so sure, and I'm excited for you're going to set them up for me, and then I will sort of argue for or against the points that are being made. So we'll get into that. And also, this is good, the Frontier Conference football schedule came out today, an eight game schedule eight is the minimum number of games you got to play in order to be eligible for the postseason the NAIA playoff is still uh, at this point in time ago it is still uh, scheduled and ready to go so they're going to play a full conference schedule eight game schedule only against each other all conference it's an all conference schedule correct that the, the right. frontier conference is going to play so they'll play some teams twice uh, but we'll go through that a little bit so there you go that is the show uh, that we have for you today uh Colton, let's get into the Missoula Mavericks and we the, the Memorial Tournament was shut down yesterday uh, or excuse me it was shut down on Friday we talked about it yesterday about why it was shut down it was not due to procedure at the ballpark they were doing all those things well in terms of sanitiza- sanita- sanitation uh, between games social distancing of fans and so on and so forth the issue and again this was reported on and written on by by Frank uh, Gogol at the Missouli, and he did a nice job in, in multiple articles covering this. But the uh, health department said that their their issue was that it was a round-robin tournament. And so even though in any individual baseball game, you're going to have less... So the, the, the phase two guidelines that we are in are this. If you can have gatherings of 50 people or less... And you can have got you can have a gathering of more than fifty people if you are able to maintain social distancing, right? And you have to have a procedure in place to do that. And if it's over a thousand people at this thing, it has to be uh, a written, submitted, and signed off for by the health department before you can have that event. This was not a thousand person event; uh, it was a two hundred and fifty person event. And so there was 
conversation before the tournament began about what was going to be done, and those things to some extent were done by the Mavs. But what it was was that this tournament represented to the health department a gathering of more than 50 people, which it was, and not adequate social distancing for the teams and players. So when you talk about players in the dugout, players playing the game on the bases and so on and so forth, and the reason that it was it would be okay for two teams to play each other is that it would be under 50 people, right? You got your two teams, say there's, you know, between players and coaches, you know, 20, 22 people per team. So you're under 50, so you don't have to maintain your social distance if that's the group that's there. But they were playing a round-robin tournament. And so what that mean, meant is that you're going to have, you're going to work through over the course of the weekend not having social distance from much more than just 50 people and the, as you and go the, through. It's also the mixing of people, too. So let's, as, right. let's assume that every baseball team is 20 to 25 individuals. So now if you have two baseball teams playing, you're already at the close to, if not at the limit of 50 people, right? Mm-hmm. So now you can't have anybody in the stands. But if you do, if they all, or you assume they all came together, you can have up to 250, but then as soon as the round robin hits, then all of a sudden you have this 80 people mingling with this 75 people mingling with this 75 people, and that's where they shut it down. I do apologize yesterday because we kind of went hard at the health department. I particularly did, saying that I thought that they, it was a little bit irrational that they were targeting the Mavs, but this detail makes it make a little more sense. I don't think it's fair for the kids, certainly, but none of this is fair for any of us. And so uh, I do kind of get at least where they were coming from in terms of respecting the directives that they've already put into in, into motion. Uh, according to uh, the, the article, again, it says uh, this is uh, Ms. Terriot, who is the environmental director of the health department or uh, uh, department director. She says, there was a fundamental problem with the way the tournament was being set up so that it could not meet the health officer's order to keep your groups of 50 people static. And I think that's really important. You can have, you can have one group of people on one day be 50 people and a different, a different gathering of a different group of 50 people the next day be 50 people and that's okay. But if you come all together and it's for you know it's 50 people on day one and it's 50 people on day two but it's 25 different people on the following day exactly. now you're at 75 total right and that is the issue with the round robin style they actually suggested one of the things was well you can play you can just play the same team that you played three times or something like that three or four times and not play different teams so it began when you start mixing with the different teams is the issue and the reason again from the health department is that what it basically creates is a firewall right that's the that's the idea here is that if somebody was to get sick or maybe a whole group of people was to get sick there's 50 people and only 50 individuals who are going to have been in contact with with that person or that group of people okay right but that's where it's so flawed is because you have no idea who those people have been in contact before or after the game either i understand but also What's that's it's not flawed. It is not it's it's imperfect because what we're dealing with is autonomous human beings that are going and living their lives elsewhere. Sure. So you control what you can control as best as you can. Right. That's my biggest gripe, though, is because is if you don't control it fully, which I'm not advocating for, I don't think that this should be a government mandated shutdown where everybody gets locked inside. I do not think that should be the case. I think that's unconstitutional. But. 
if you don't do it all the way, what's the point of doing it half the way? At Blackfoot Communications, we're experts at keeping your business technology up and running. From networks and security to communications and 24-7 support, we evaluate your current state infrastructure and deploy the right technology solution for your future. Whether your company is just starting out or is looking to take the next step, Blackfoot is here to help. Call 866-541-5000 or visit goblackfoot.com slash business to learn more. See, this is this is where I just disagree with you on this whole thing. You're telling me that if 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 everybody if not everyone wears a mask, it's the same thing as no one wearing a mask. But that's not true. Well, no, I I, I do agree with the mask thing because I think that's a very simple solution that we can all take uh, just for your own individual right. safety. So many people don't want to wear a mask out of selfishness. I think that you should, if you're being selfish, you should just wear the mask and protect yourself. Right. Right. I I mean. Totally. But I guess here's my here's my question to you. Okay, let's say Wednesday, let's say tomorrow, coming out of this tournament, let's say the tournament happens in full, the sure. way they, they scheduled right. round robin. And someone or some group of people turns up positive for this virus, right? Well, over the course of the weekend, where presumably that they, you know, either contracted it or had it and were contagious or whatever, they play in games against four or five different teams. Now, what do you have there? You have the opportunity for not 50 people, but for 200 people to have been in contact with this within the scope of the tournament. Understanding these kids are going out to eat right. at night. They're right. going to their hotels, wherever they're staying. You know, So we understand all that. I think the other thing where the Mavs put themselves probably behind the eight ball a little bit on this was also having teams from out of state. Because now you're mixing people from places that do have higher infection rates. And I think that in itself, considering that there is, again, these are all directives, suggestions, not laws, but there is still a, a directive that if you come from out of state, you should quarantine for 14 days. That's obviously not happening for a high school baseball tournament either. So that could be another point of contention. Th- this is what it is. I don't necessarily want to waste a bunch of time talking about this anymore because I do think this is kind of just a done deal. I have heard that the Mavs were so angry that they contemplated filing a lawsuit against the health department. I don't know how much grounds they have for that. I, I you put the, the part about the GoFundMe in here, so you can go ahead and share that part. But then I want to talk about what this means in a greater context. Because when I was starting to put the show together today, all I kept thinking was each individual story that we are touching on, and there actually has been a fair amount of news that has been going on over these last several weeks, despite there being no actual sports. Each piece of news, to me, it's kind of like when you're making the, the Venn diagram or you're making the pros and cons list when you're making a decision in your life. You get a little news brief, it's a pro for what we hope happens, which is the return particularly of college sports, particularly of college football. But then you get the con. This speaks badly. I think this is something that's symbolic for not good news when it comes to that's right. uh, sports in the fall. Um, you mentioned the GoFundMe. Uh, the, part of the, the this tournament, the Memorial Tournament, is the uh, goal to raise money for the team uh, to pay for bills, including, as you talked about yesterday, the newly built indoor training facility. Uh, right now, the Mavericks have raised about 1300 and change, almost $1,400 of a $10,000 goal. Uh, that was as of you know yesterday evening, so I'm not sure where they're at right at this very moment. But you can go uh, check out the the Missoula Mavericks GoFundMe page if you want to participate in that and help the team out. Uh, and certainly, you know they 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 can use it, uh, no question about it. It's the, again, this is a parent 
basically a parent and organization, you know, led deal in terms of the funding of it. It doesn't come from anywhere else. There's no ownership group. There's no, right. you know, administration. There's administration, but not financial administration in that way. So that is worth uh, going out there. I also think, too, you know, we, we talked, it's worth pointing this out. We talked a long time yesterday, well, why is it the Mavs when, you know, you can look at the softball field, you can you look at this, that, and the third, and these things are going on. People are playing sports and so on and so on. First of all, the Missoula Strikers tournament that was supposed to happen this weekend, soccer tournament, that was shut down uh, on Friday. Uh, River City Roots Festival and Out to Lunch have both been shut down. Right. The Farmer's Market has not been, uh, and evidently it's because the Farmer's Market was able to create a plan in which social distancing was going to be, at least in theory, a possibility, including the elimination of events that would cause gatherings. I don't believe there's going to be music, you know, and things of that nature. And so some of the things that have been allowed and, you know, and haven't been allowed, that's the discretion of the department. And they look at all these, you know, at these plans that come through. And as Ms. Terriot said in this article, she's like, look, we're not event planners. Okay. We're here to try and, and ensure as much, you know, health and safety for everyone as we can. We want you to have your events, but we have to see a plan and a plan that's functionally possible to pull off. And if, if you have that, if we can do that, then that's, you know, then, then that's on you to provide to us in order to do the thing that you want to do. And and so, you know, good for the, the, the farmer's market folks that they were able to do that. Obviously, Roots Fest, <laughs> pretty tough to come up with a social distancing plan for a concert in the street, you know, so... As she said, too, there's no reason for us to target the Mavericks. First off, that's not something we would do. Second of all, I don't even understand why. I think people would feel that way because they're seeing it from their side. But really, we're talking to all people about tournaments here. We're telling all sorts of different organizations they can't have tournaments. It's just a lot better when we can talk with them before the tournament starts. So this made me realize that it's not as if the Mavs are getting targeted. It's actually just because the Mavs are the most high profile of the tournaments. It's the highest level of sports that's going on in the entire region right now. Yeah, well, that, them and, and the strikers, I mean, they're right. they're on par in terms sure, of their... Sure, sure. Mm-hmm. But, but like, the guys from the Missoulian, I mean, like they were both tweeting, Jordan Hansen and Frank Goodwin, they're there. They were both tweeting, like, hey, we can't wait to cover some baseball. This is yeah. awesome. We actually get to, like, cover a game as a sports writer. And so then they're there, and so then it becomes a huge story just because you mm-hmm. have the media at the event. Mm-hmm. So I think the one thing that it really comes down to is twofold. Is your event like a singular thing? Because we're having these movie nights now at the Osprey Stadium, the Paddlehead Stadium, mm-hmm. which are which are going to be cool. But you reserve your little space of grass, so it's like guaranteed social distancing. And once you're there, then you leave and you're gone for a week. I think everybody's going to have problems with tournaments that are one, two, three, four days because you have no idea. Mm. I've got a lot of questions. How are like the Grizz and the Bobcats having their youth camps? Well, it's a one-day thing, and they only sign up the amount of kids that they can have there. So then it's coaches, kids, that's it. So then you can refresh the entire docket, basically. And so I think that's where it comes. Well, that's what it comes down to. Then as well, like at the farmer's market, the booths are just spaced out a lot farther. Yeah, they spaced other. out the booths. They have one way traffic. Basically, you can you got to go through. If you miss your carrots at the stand, you got to go all the way back and go back through. So, uh, yeah, so there we are. It's 2 Tell Nuan is 1029 ESPN Radio. But then I thought to myself, okay, well, there is creative ways to have some form of event. But I don't know what the creative way or if there's any way to have a 10,000-plus person event. 
a lot can change between now and September 5th, but I just really, to me, this whole situation, the controversy surrounding it, the arguments in the community about it, I mean, this is going to be accentuated a hundredfold when you're talking about Grizz football because you have so many people that want to go to these games, but also you have so much money riding on the line. I actually disagree with you on that, and let me tell you why. If they're starting to plan this now, they're already too late. And right. we know from talking with both Leon Costello at Montana State and Kent Haslam at the University of Montana, they are not starting now. They have been working on plans and protocols for a myriad of eventualities for weeks and even months. I have to believe, and, and next time we get to speak with those guys, I think this would be a good point of conversation, but that they have been in contact directly with the entity that is in charge of signing off. I mean, in this article... If you have, if you're having a gathering of more than 1,000 people, you have to submit a plan that has to be signed off, sealed, and delivered by the health right. department prior to its occurrence. Right. Okay, certainly, obviously, that will include football in the Big Sky Conference in the state of Montana and basketball to boot. That all has to be in place ahead of time, and I would think well ahead of time. And if you submit a plan and it's not signed off on. Why? What needs to happen? What do we need to do in order to get 10,000, 15,000, 5,000? What, like, where, what, what needs to happen? But the, the idea to me is, and this is where I disagree, by the time football actually comes, we will know what's going to happen. They're not going to call at halftime and go, nope, game over. You know, I mean, maybe I no. don't know, man. Nothing would surprise me at this point. I mean, I, I just don't think that's going to happen now. Maybe, maybe you get, you know, We've been tailgating since Thursday for day one of football, and now we're running around and, and, you know, whatever in the stands and fans who, you know, are not abiding or whatever. But I would think that that would be taken out on the individuals. Like, look, if you can't handle sitting in your seat, right, then you got to go. Yeah, but, I, I just but don't I, know. I, I, if I they sign off on it and say it's okay, which they will have to do before it starts, I think then, then, well, right. then it's okay. Before it starts. But if, well, I mean, what are the chances of that happening, though? I just can't I imagine know. we're going to go from a thousand to fifteen thousand in the span of three months. I just don't know how it's going to happen. Well, the, the thousand number is only the benchmark. It says a thousand or more. So if you have an event right. that is up to any amount, you have to have it signed up, signed off on. And I mean, it's like I, I thought that Kent Haslam, athletic director, University of Montana, made one of actually the most interesting points that I had never considered. I've been going to games at Washington Grizzly Stadium for twenty-five years now, mm-hmm. and as he mentioned. The thing that maybe gets lost on people is that the stadium has expanded. The facility has not. The corridors and the bathrooms are made for the original construction of Washington Grizzly Stadium, yeah, which certainly. held like 10,000 people. Mm-hmm. That's the whole issue. That's always been the argument. People always are screaming and yelling, why don't they sell beer at Washington Grizzly Stadium? And the two answers are always that, one, if you have something that's that hot of a commodity, you're going to clog up the corridors tenfold, and they're already ridiculous in terms of getting through to wherever you need to go. And two, the bathrooms. You have to let people out of the stadium because they have to go use the porta potties because if every person that's in the stadium had to use the bathroom at halftime, you think they have a problem with people coming back in after halftime now? The people aren't going to get there till halfway through the fourth quarter. Yeah. Well, I I, I don't know. So I that's mean, so that's going to be the biggest that's going to be the biggest concern because when you rope off, you say okay, everybody's going to sit in their section, you're only going to be able to sit with people you came with or sign maybe a contract that I'm okay with sitting with these people. That's all fine and dandy. But at what Grizz game is all the people that attend going to sit in their spot for the duration of the game? It's just not happening. Well, in any normal scenario, you're right. But right. I well, also maybe people think, will buckle down. We'll see. You know, if you if 
you know, anytime you go to any event, if, you know, you kind of maybe give your ticket to the ticket, take, you know, the, the person there, but they got people who are there to, you know, make sure that people are in their right seats and what's, you know, so on and so sure. forth. It's not usually that important. Well, all of a sudden, if it is very important, you can't pass here until this ticket taker has seen your ticket and is pointing you to your seat. And that's where you're going to go. And I think if that, you know, a much higher level of enforcement, people will expect that if they're, you know, if there's even going to games, what I think is the, the bigger issue is just the monstrosity of trying to develop a plan on paper for right. everything. Well, I mean, for getting in, for getting out, for going to the bathrooms, for getting concessions, for leaving at halftime, for coming back in, like all of that. I mean, that's an incredible amount of logistics, man. And that's, uh, as you know, one of my worst suits is logistics. So, uh, you know, I, I don't envy anybody that's got to sit there and try and, you know, actually physically put this plan together uh, right. and also assess it. And I would think that it's something that can evolve. You know, the first yeah. game, yeah. you take a look and see where you're at and what can we do better and how can we make it improve or whatever. Yeah, I mean, the one part we haven't considered, we're talking about all the, about the plans of the people in Montana for the, the athletes in Montana. The number one thing that's going to that's gonna derail this whole thing is if and when there's infections that pop up, in other parts of the country that then render this school unavailable to play for weeks, if not months, if not the season. Because it, you can't, it, you could talk about playing a schedule of availability. That needs to be locked in now for that to be financially realistic. It has to be locked in within the next four to six weeks, probably. And even that would be a really tall task in terms of getting it all on the same page. But as soon as the team that's on your schedule has to cancel, you know, maybe you can, you know, say, a California school has to cancel, right? A, a trip to Washington Grizzlies. I think Cal Poly comes here second week of Big Sky Conference play. Say they have to cancel. And, but then, you're, you you know, say that Idaho State is open that week. You can filter them in to that spot. You could do that once or twice. I don't know how you're going to do it in perpetuity. And I also don't know how you're going to do it. I, I, like, at what point is it just like playing musical chairs? You can't just have the last team standing. Because then you have no record. Who's who's getting what? What's the playoffs look like? It's I just I don't know how it's going to not all erode. You're you're playing a bunch of hypotheticals that are all valid. Like nothing you said isn't isn't a realistic thought of, of a possibility. But there's just no way to know how it's going to go. There's no way to know. And so, you know, until that happens, until all of a sudden Cal Poly ain't coming or whatever it is, sure. you know, then you just. You just roll. The other thing that we haven't discussed yet either is we're in phase two in sure. Montana. Right. We're still in phase two. Phase three changes a lot of this for the better if we get to it. Yeah. Right now, it doesn't feel like we're four new headed, cases in Montana headed today. to phase three yeah. at this point. Yep. So, and I don't know, you know, when when we get to that spot. I don't know if it at some point goes the other way and you're back to phase one. I don't know. But if it, it all of all of that that is the overarching mm -hmm. umbrella of all of this is what phases the state of montana in per the governor's orders don't we don't have to waste too much time on this i don't want to politicize this too much but i have one question for you we've seen the politicization of this uh at an almost egregious and nauseating level in a lot of ways uh, uh, the, of the pandemic is what i'm talking about what we haven't seen is any university leader step up and say we don't want to. We, we don't want to be a part of the spread of infection 
we're not going to have sports. Mm-hmm. We've had any athletic director. Every, everybody has been on the same page where we're going to keep working our hardest to get back to being for sports. But are you surprised by that? You know, it's it's actually a fair question, as you said. And more than, more than just places. the ADs, because, of course, the ADs want to play. I mean, yeah, that's yeah, their job is yeah. to produce revenue for the athletic yeah. department. I'm just more surprised that maybe – I mean, because there are some – some academics, some pretty intellectual people, some pretty high-level scientists that are presidents of universities. Yeah, and I have—I I just can't believe that someone hasn't just come out and said, "In my professional opinion, it's too dangerous for us to conduct on-campus activities. We're shutting it all down." You know, it's a—it's a good uh, consideration. I think that the reason that hasn't happened is because why do it now? You know, everybody's right. working toward trying to see how this goes the the you know the flattening of the curve i think was largely successful ultimately and now as things open up we see that it you know as you would expect right that that new cases are coming along and and that's that's what it is the 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 question is one of risk um uh, you know tolerance and acceptability and i don't know what that number uh, you know i don't know i don't know what that's that number is at and i think it varies for a lot of people and i do think that 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 statement is probably coming at some point maybe you know uh so when i'm talking about this nationally you know i think that that you know harvard doesn't play in the fcs playoffs right well will it surprise me if they or even the whole ivy league goes no we're out you know, here we are in the Northeast, huge concentration of people, no postseason anyway in football. We're not doing this. You know, that 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 wouldn't surprise me in the least if something like that was to happen. But it also I'm it doesn't surprise me and I'm glad that nobody has come out and said that yet because that would seem to be such a I mean, uh, jumping the shark to some extent. All the people in Washington should take notes from all the people that represent uh, NCAA affiliated institutions. Like you said, why now? Just shut your mouth and work towards positivity. Stop trying to politicize everything. Look at you. Look at you, Coulter. It's Tutel Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio. You know what happens when you politicize stuff? It's sort of like stepping in a pile <laughs> of paper, isn't it? Well, don't let that happen, not figuratively and certainly not actually. If accumulating dog waste has you feeling down in the dumps, call Montana Pooper Scoopers. Montana Pooper Scoopers offers one-time and weekly dog waste removal services for families and also for businesses. Okay, you don't want customers coming in. They'll never make it in your front door if they are got a bad shoe on. You know what I'm saying? Okay, whether you've got three Great Danes or just one Chihuahua, Montana Pooper Scoopers is up for the job. Put down that bag. Visit MontanaPooperScoopers.com and enjoy your extra free time. Right now, mention this ad. Receive $25 off initial services. Coulter, who's the highest played, paid player in Major League Baseball? Garrett Cole. I am so mad at you <laughs> right now. Coulter, during this time where we got to be a little bit socially distanced, it's nice to know we can get out on the links and play a little bit of golf. And nobody better than Western Birch to get your round started right. That's right. Golf's been definitely one of my favorite pastimes during quarantine times. And it's recently landed my new Western Birch customized golf tees. Go check out Western Birch golf tees at westernbirch.com. These classy golf tees are made of 100% white birch hardwood and printed with high quality color right here in the United States. A company founded right here in Montana. These durable wood golf tees, perfect way for you to market your business. Just think, anytime you break a tee, your brand is sitting on the tee box forever. 
You can hand them out to your clients, your buddies, your golf partners, whoever. Great way to earn top of mind awareness while also playing a sport we all love. Again, you can check out all the cool designs online at westernbirch.com. Add your logo on a 1,000 of any of their tees for $150 delivered to your door. Give them to clients, friends, watch them get impressed by the quality of the look of a simple golf tee and by your creativity. Give Western Birch the opportunity to show you what they are talking about. Email and ask for Chad at info at westernbirch.com, info at westernbirch.com, or follow on Instagram and Facebook, westernbirch.com. Perhaps the greatest tease in the history of this show is just completely ruined by Coulter. Ruined. I mean, why would you ask me a trivia question when you know I know the answer to all of the you trivia questions? You don't even know. You just look down. It's two tell new one. It's one of tonight ESPN radio. SWX Montana Television at Gus Tutel at 1029 ESPN at Skyline Sports MT on Twitter. You're so bad at selling it. If you would have asked me without a sneer on your face, I would have known it wasn't a trick question. I just wanted you to play along. Just say Mike Trout. Mike Trout. You know that I'm not a fan of anything but being right. Right? Mm, no. That's what I root for. I don't know that. For me to be right and you to be wrong. I have I have seen a lot of accentuation in the stories that I've been told that bring right into question. <laughs> to tell Nuanas, uh, boys and girls, uh, the highest paid player in baseball is not Mike Trout. No, no, no. Mike Trout does have the largest contract yes, in terms of total money and is it in duration too? Or no, Bryce Harper has the, long, the longest contract in yeah. duration. Ironically, Bryce Harper's is a year more and about a hundred million less, a little less than a hundred million less. Um, but uh, Garrett Cole on the per year works out to thirty six million. Uh, Mike Trout, somebody buy him his dinner, is only going to make thirty five point eight three million uh, per Garrett Cole's deal three hundred twenty four million dollars over nine years. Uh, but the reason we're talking about this because baseball is back, people. Basically, uh, only a player strike, which is very unlikely. Though I think individual players may very well not play. Uh, I think broadly, as in terms of a strike from the union side of the thing, and actually work stoppage on account of the personnel is not going to happen. As a result, Major League Baseball will start because of the unilateral. Uh, 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 signing of, uh, you know, the uh, whatever, the affidavit and the what have you by the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It will begin on or around the 24th of July and go for 60 games. And then at that point, they will uh, shift into a 10-team playoff. Here is, though, the impetus of what we're talking about here because of that. There was an, there's an ESPN article up, the 60 things to look for in a 60-game schedule. And Colter, you and I went through this thing, checked it out, and came up with the list of the things that we find most intriguing. We're not going through, of course, all of these things, just a couple of them. But one of the things I found intriguing was Garrett Cole, who is now on the Yankees, by the way, of course, making more money than Mike Trout. Who, who knew that? Not you, 
The paper knew it. You looked at the paper and you ruined my out. Uh, so anyway, but how about this? Listen to this. 16-0. and 0. This is Garrett Cole. 16-0 and 0 in his last 22 starts with a 1.78 ERA in the postseason. His postseason, 4-1 and one with a 1.72 ERA. Even if the offense is cheating in Houston, that is pretty impeccable. Now, it never seems to – he's not going to do that, it And that's why like. it's such a risky contract because it, it, it's assumed that, that – even guys like Bryce Harper and Mike Trout will hit a peak and then decline, even if it's only incrementally. We saw Albert Pujols be elite for so long. We've seen multiple guys do it, but there's still a chance that both Bryce Harper and Mike Trout continue to get better. Garrett Cole's never going to be better than he already has been. He could yeah. be as good, but he's never going to be better than I that. mean, I, I don't know. You, 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 can't, you be. can't be. You can't be better than that. I mean, 16 but, straight wins with 16 straight double-digit strikeout games and giving up less than one and a half runs a game, it's unbelievable. But it's one of the best runs in the history of the baseball. As odd as this sounds to say, you don't even have to be that good to justify oh, no. this deal, it's right? True. You, you, it's true. You know, you could. There's. It's just so tenuous to pay a pitcher. I mean, when you're saying that he's making the higher per year salary than a guy who's going to give you for sure 150 and probably more like 162 starts in center field in yeah. Mike Trout. I mean, Mike Trout could hit one through five in your lineup. He could do anything and everything. Paying a dude who's going to play 32 games in a year that much money, I mean, he's making more than a million dollars a start. It's incredible. So I got four more of these, or three more of these, excuse me. Give me one of yours. Well, I want I wanted to backtrack just a little bit for a second because I understand why ESPN is trying to pump baseball right now. It's going to be the one and only thing. And, you know, I'm excited for it to be back. I know you are, too. Absolutely. But I do think that there, it, because everybody's so excited about the return of baseball and all the storylines that could happen in baseball, we're glossing over what happened yesterday, what it actually means. The pro is the return of baseball. The cons are incredible. And no one has really been talking about it except for a, a select few reporters. And most of the guys that have, are pretty vocal that have to do that are involved in the players unit. So Trevor Bauer is a guy who I found fascinating playing for the Cleveland Indians. He's one of the most outspoken players in the league, but he tweeted yesterday. He said, it's absolutely death to the industry to keep acting as it has been. Both sides were driving the bus straight off the cliff. How is this good for anybody? COVID-19 already presented a lose, lose, lose situation. And we've somehow found a way to make it way, way worse. Incredible. Buster only followed that up with saying, and the dominoes are now likely set to tumble. Implementation of a short MLB season, some players choosing not to play, a players association grievance, upcoming free agents getting getting destroyed in the market, and all major labor issues merely deferred to next spring. Mutually assured destruction, to be sure. So I think it's worth noting that although this will be fun for us as fans because we do have live baseball coming back, live sports of some form coming back, in terms of the overall health of Major League Baseball, it's not good. That said, that does not affect me at all. I, I, I swear to you, it I, doesn't. I, I know it doesn't. Get me through the now, and then we'll get to the later. Then That's I, I, I totally agree. I just I thought it was worth noting, especially because, in my opinion, Tom Verducci and Buster Olney are the two best baseball reporters that we have. So I thought it was worth at least uh, sharing what Buster had to say. Um, my number one is absolutely no question the storyline that was going to be the storyline, no matter if they played 162 games or one game, or if it was delayed all the way until next year, it's the Houston Astros and Absolutely. what people are going to do to them. I mean, I I just can't imagine it's going to be good. I'm going to find it incredibly entertaining. At first, I really hope that there's some form of, um, how do you say? Retribution. I hope, no, I hope there's some form of retribution, but I also hope there's some form of discourse after that too, because if, all, if every single team, the first time they play the Astros, are just going to start throwing at guys' ears, this is going to get tiresome by the time. I mean, when you only have a 60-game season, you don't want to ruin 30 of the games by doing this. If it happens for 
an opening series or even a week, okay. But we can't have some team that's playing the Astros for the first time in six weeks to start throwing at oh, Jose oh, Altuve's Oh, yes, ear. you can. But you're going to. Yes, you certainly can because I, I agree if it's just a team. But if it's – if the if I don't know if the Dodgers play the Astros. But if they play the Astros on game 45 for the first time, I expect five dudes to get hit and – 20 guys to get ejected. Like, I mean, that, that just got to happen. So tell me this. If you're Clayton Kershaw, are you ear-holing somebody or are you trying to pitch no, a perfect game? listen. Because if I'm Kershaw, I'm saying, I'm, I'm going to rise above it and say, I'm trying to strike out 25 guys today. Yeah, I would go through, like bring, bring I would go through your 28 and then and then go inside. Um, by the way, let's be clear. No, but never go for the ear, right? Nobody's going for the head, but send a message. Here's what I think, though, too, Coulter. I don't think it always has to be about hitting a guy, right? Sure. I would love to see a team with a little bit of creativity, first time they go up to bat, bring out the garbage can and the drum. No fans in there. <laughs> you start banging on that thing. It's the only sound in there. And then start chirping and let it all ride out there. Oh, I mean, uh, give all of that to me. I would, I would go so hard at all of them, you know? Doesn't matter. Okay. My... Next one. That was on my list, by the way. Absolutely. Universal DH. This has not gotten nearly as much coverage as it would have gotten if all this other stuff wouldn't have been going on. I hate this so very much I can barely breathe. Why? Because it's not baseball. The The American League ruined this, and now all of baseball is ruining this. See, I just I, I no. disagree. No. Give, give me more home runs, more guys that can hit. I want 11 to 10 every game. I think baseball could benefit so much from the lack of specialization. Just give me all the hitters all the time. That That is... That is dumb and sad. Why everything. do you Why do you want some dude who doesn't hit up there flailing around hitting? One, oh, and what does it say? Pitchers hit one twenty eight last year. They struck out almost fifty percent of the time. Stupid. First of all, it it's com- just free out. It completely undercuts a guy like Shohei Otani who can do both and is an absolute master so at the plate. One out of a thousand guys. And also, there's several guys that can. And by the way, the guys that can't figure it out. And if you can't, then you better be really good at pitching. But also, the entire uh, uh, you know, managerial aspect of this of coming down the stretch and thinking about whether you want need to do a double, you know, a double switch because you got a pitcher coming up at a clutch spot who's rolling on the mound but can't hit a lick and you need a run. What are you going to do? How are you going to manage this situation? All of that goes out the window, which is by far and away clearly the biggest set of uh, uh, strategy that can come into a game regularly. Okay, if you the dopey fan, and when I say you, I mean me are sitting here watching this thing that's the stuff where you go well what's going to happen and it makes sense to you and you can start to call you can call out NFL play uh, coaches all the time for all these plays that they do and you go well that was stupid that was dumb to do that there not that you know what's going on but at least you can say it because you can see it that's what happens here as well and also baseball is just nine guys it's nine guys playing nine positions and then those nine guys go in and then they hit and if you can do it better than the other nine, then that's what the sport is. So don't start coming in here with this guy doing this thing and you walk in. How about we have 18 guys? You got your nine hitters and you got your nine guys who play defense and they're all just left fielders. And then they walk off and they eat popcorn. And they think about how to track a fly ball while everybody else is trying to hit a baseball. It's stupid. <laughs> Never knew the non-baseball guy was going to be such a baseball purist. No, it's just so stupid. So I just mentioned that I think that Bryce Harper and, and Mike Trout still have a lot of 
a lot of prime years left. That said, that's one of my things that I'm interested. This was actually not even on this list. There was a mention of, is Mike Trout going to still exponentially get better? It's a question, but I don't think it's that stark of a question because I just think that he's that big of a freak. I think he's still going to keep getting better. But I just want to know how much the contracts that they sign impacts, impacts their mentality. Because you're the marked man now. I mean, we, we've seen with every $250 million plus contract, which there's only been a couple, Alex Rodriguez, Albert Pujols, we've seen the guys have a dip in statistics the following year. Granted, they're coming off of, I mean, it, you're you're measuring the bar by, you know, Alex Rodriguez with yeah. 50 home runs and 150 RBI or, or Albert Pujols with 40 and 140 for eight years in a row. But I, I just, I'm interested to see because, I mean, Trout has been – Peerless in how consistent he's been. He's almost never had a, a cold streak. He he gets a hit at least once a week, always, no matter what. And if he gets hot, he's hot. Harper, on the other hand, has had unbelievable swings. Yes. Where I mean, he's mashing 15 home runs in a month, and then straight striking out for a month. And so I wonder, especially with Bryce Harper, if and when you get into a slump. I mean, I know the Nationals won the World Series last year. I know DC has you know a burgeoning. Fan, you know, a, a burgeoning group of somewhat passionate fans. It ain't Philadelphia. If you go, <laughs> if you go strike out every day, every day for a month in Philly, you went from you know the biggest star to the dude but, getting all. You the know, boots. it's interesting because he got all that money last year, and he didn't have a great year last right. season with Philadelphia. Um, here's though, here's where here's where I think it's different in in baseball than a lot of other sports because you can't get these contracts until you've been in the league for six, seven years at times, there's no prove-it factor about it. It's been proven. Like, who you are, there is an earn-it factor. There always will be with big money like this. But you got guys coming into the NBA who haven't done a thing that are making $100 million. And it's like, okay, Rook, come over here and let's see what you got. Nobody is going to be all of a sudden going harder at Mike Trout because he's making X amount of dollars because he's already been the best player in the game for five years. Totally. So, I, but there, there's still that earn it. And I do think there's an added pressure, right? I mean, when you're out there mashing because that's what you do, but all of a sudden now you're mashing, you're making a half a bill, you better keep mashing. No doubt. Uh, here's my last one. Yes, of course, this is what I'm going to do. But... I think it's intriguing. David Ross taking over for Joe Madden in Chicago for the Cubs and also Joe Madden taking over for the aforementioned Mike Trout and Otani in Anaheim for the Angels. And by the way, Rendon. Everybody forgets that Rendon has left Washington, D.C. with Anaheim Angels as well. So that lineup right there is actually the best it's ever been since Trout's been there. So... I love Joe Madden, man. I always have loved Joe Madden and why it didn't work out and kind of went the way it went and the split between, you know, schools of philosophy after several years in Chicago. I don't know. I thought he was going to be there until he retired. And I mean, he, he won a World Series for the first time 108 years, you know, so I thought that it was going to work. Clearly it did, and then it didn't, and now he's out. And so now you bring back the guy who everybody loves and was on the team and the whole thing with David Ross, and certainly he knows the game. I mean, he's been around for forever and a catcher and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So it's I like it. I think it's a good voice to have in the clubhouse, but I think that Anaheim is in position to be really good and with Joe Madden and that new voice and the idiosync- idiosyncrasy that he is as a, as a manager, as a person, and David Ross also potentially being a good fit in Chicago. But I I don't know. 
You know, I don't know until we watch it happen and see how it plays out. It's going to be brutal for the Angels and especially for Mike Trout if this is the year that they actually make a run in the playoffs. <laughs> like, what if the Angels won the World Series yeah, this year? Right. Like, Mike Trout is literally in his prime. He's 28 years old. All statistical measures say that this is when you are the, at the peak of your athleticism as a man. It would just suck so bad for him if the one year he does go on a run, it's because of a shortened season or because even if that's a factor that people don't give him credit for. Yeah, I mean, here's what I think happens is that no matter who wins the World Series, it's obviously going to be with an asterisk, right? It's going to be sitting here. People are going to say, okay, yeah, but but this was going on. There were no fans. There was no home field advantage for this team, that team. There was no, you know, there was a third of a season, et cetera, et cetera. But at the end of the day, you know what it is? A ring, a championship. And that's, that is the trump card. You know, that's the ace on all of this. So I, uh, I I think it will be obviously a contextualized conversation as it should be about what this year actually is within baseball. I think the bigger questions are things like, what if Trout hits 400? Well, those sort of things are getting thrown out. It's all gone, right? All the percentage stats and that kind of thing. ERA and and batting average and on-base percentage, all that stuff is irrelevant. Okay. Uh, If you got one more quickly, we can do it. If not, we should just go. But let's let's go. Good. I got I got something for you on the other side. I'm not going to ruin it. I'm just going to tell you. NHL, where should they play games? They got six cities. They got to pick two of them. I'll tell you what I think next. At Blackfoot Communications, we're experts at keeping your business technology up and running. From networks and security to communications and 24-7 support, we evaluate your current state infrastructure and deploy the right technology solution for your future. Whether your company is just starting out or is looking to take the next step, Blackfoot is here to help. Call 866-541-5000 or visit goblackfoot.com slash business to learn more. We don't have a lot of time, which is good because we don't have a lot to say. It's 2 Tell Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. Goulter, uh, the NHL is also working its way back. It's kind of fallen to the back of the pack in terms of people paying attention to it. They kind of were out there first with their format and going straight into the playoffs when they resumed the season. Um, but they had a list of 10 cities. They have whittled it down now to six of which they're going to pick two. They're going to put the Western Conference playoffs in one town and the Eastern Conference playoffs in another town. Um, the teams that are, rem- or the cities, excuse me, that are remaining, Las Vegas, Chicago, Los Angeles, Edmonton, Toronto, and Vancouver. Uh, three U.S. cities, three Canadian cities. Uh, Pittsburgh and Dallas were eliminated today. Columbus, Ohio, was off the list yesterday. Uh, I don't know what, went into saying, no, we're not going to go there. Uh, here's the thing. Las Vegas has been the leader uh, from from very early on to host the Western Conference Finals. I would like it to be in Vegas. I think it makes the most sense in terms of capacity, capability, you know, all that kind of stuff. The same thing like Disney World in Orlando for, for the NBA. So I like it there, and I think there's something interesting to it. Where would you want the Eastern Conference to be? I'll tell you where Why I would. Why can't they just have it all in Vegas? Huh? Why can't they just have it all in Vegas facilities? I mean, yeah, I don't know. Presumably they could. I mean, 24 teams, you know, that's pretty big. But they're, I think, you know, maybe some of it's travel or whatever. You know where I want them to have it? 
Edmonton. Yeah, Edmonton would be a better option than Toronto. Toronto, Toronto's, I don't think some people don't realize that Toronto is an enormous city. I mean. Enormous. I mean, I think it's bigger yeah. than Chicago, right? I mean, I think Toronto would be. I don't know. I, I don't know or if maybe it's, bigger, on than Chicago, it's it, bigger than Houston. Yeah, I mean, it's the biggest it, city in Canada well, by and, far. And it would be the, I think it would be the fourth largest city in America, too. Yeah, it's 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 huge. And where it hangs down, you have so right. much American influence, too, because of its proximity to Detroit, Buffalo, New York, everything. And it's interesting because not having fans, it, it doesn't really matter where it is in, in that respect. But Edmonton has a brand new, like, I think two years, three years old. Well, and how many people would come up for that? I mean. You would you'd have so many fans, but I'm just saying. There's, I mean, there's no fans, right? Oh, right. They can't have fans. You'd right. have a lot of local interest, but at least. I think there's an aspect. I, I think it. If it can be in Canada, it should be in Canada, man. Like that, that because you would get the 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 level of interest and intrigue and response even at a distance would be huge. And I would. And and Edmonton is a sweet barn, man. That new facility is is absolutely next level. So that would be cool. What I don't know is where's the Stanley Cup final right. going to be? Right. You know? I, mean, I, I, I don't I, have any idea. I feel the same way about Montana as I do about what you just said about the NHL playoffs. If it can be in Canada, it should be. Just, <laughs> just move us on up. I'm ready to be Canadian. 1029 ESPN Radio. Hour one in the books. Hour two straight ahead. 10 things that might be changing as a result of the coronavirus as it pertains to sports going forward. Which are right, which are wrong, we'll discuss next. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia. When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org. 